Hey everyone, welcome back to Micah Jiggers with Dan and Emily. This week we're taking a trip down memory lane, answering questions from Quora, and poking some fun at weird laws from around the U.S. I'm Dan, and with me is my co-host and pal, Emily. Hey guys, how's it going? Going great. We finally launched the podcast. I know, I'm so excited. Yes, thank you for everybody that listened. Uh, this is our first episode recording after actually releasing. It's really great to finally have it out in the wild and getting some positive feedback. Yeah, I've gotten from a lot of our friends uh, good feedback and people are genuinely excited and that makes me feel good. Yeah, and to our one listener in Frankfurt, Germany, I just want to say hola, como estas? For I'm, real? There's somebody in Germany that listened? Yeah, I realize that's not German, but that's the extent of foreign language that I know, so I'm reaching out to you in the best way possible. I would tell you hello in German, but I just started phrases, so... Uh, I'm pretty sure German for hello is 99 Luftballons. I could be wrong. I like that song. Moving on, a little bit of an update from, I think, our very first episode we recorded, the deal with Spider-Man between Disney and Sony. They finally reached a deal. I'm so excited. Me too. Uh, it looks like it's a very short-term deal. Um, everything I'm seeing is it's one more Spider-Man movie produced by Marvel, and he's going to make one additional appearance in a different Marvel movie. But I, I really love that they were able to work out some kind of deal. So what happens after that, then? Is there any more Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe, or is that like the is that the end of Tom Holland's Spider-Man? Um, I think Sony's probably going to continue making with Tom Holland. Okay. But I, I'm hoping they'll be able to work out another deal, although I think they would be wise to, in these next couple movies, downplay the connection he has to the Marvel Universe and make it a little easier to transition and explain, oh, why isn't he referencing any of this other stuff going on anymore. Yeah, I was wondering because, you know, Marvel can make like 80 Iron Man movies, but they only have so many of all the others. I'm hoping that the one Marvel appearance that he's allowed to make outside of the next Spider-Man movie is in the Doctor Strange movie because I really loved his interplay with Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm -hmm. Also, I love watching the interviews with Benedict Cumberbatch and Tom Holland because Tom Holland is notorious for letting secrets loose. And for whatever reason, they have decided to just partner him up with Benedict Cumberbatch as like his chaperone to keep him from opening his mouth that is pretty good i love that they just keep getting partnered up in interviews like that and every time he starts to say something or even if somebody asks tom holland a question that could potentially be a spoiler Benedict coming back she's like oh i'll take that question yeah he's a kid he's just a normal kid and like it's so cool how genuinely like excited that he gets like you know regular stars are very composed and they know how to answer it but like he's a genuinely excited person and he wants everybody else to be as excited as he is it's very endearing and i think it carries over to the way he plays peter parker of just like he's in awe of everything going on around him mm -hmm. i'm so excited about this also this week the joker movies finally coming out Yay! cannot wait 
have you been following any of the like controversy going on with this movie? No. Apparently there's concern that the nature of the movie and the violence of the character and, I don't know, the sympathetic portrayal of his origins could empower different groups of like homegrown terrorists in fact the u.s military has like issued a warning to service members that there's a lot of chatter going on on the internet and like incel groups and stuff and disillusioned for real yeah that oh there might be an attack some people are you know getting mad at the movie studio and the producers like why'd you make this movie I think that's so ridiculous. Like You can't get mad at them for portraying... Okay, so this Joker movie, is it written more to follow the comic book origin of the Joker? No. it's They're largely just taking inspiration for the character and like doing their own thing, from what I hear. Okay. Because, I mean, I do see references of like the way he became the Joker, or like the inspiration they take, and like, we're going to spin it this way. Well, I think what they're just doing is kind of taking inspiration from like older movies like Taxi Driver and just portraying him as a weak, disillusioned male and he finds his own power by turning to violence and all these other horrible things. And I can see how that might inspire people who are bent that way, but I don't think you can blame a film unless they're like outright going out and saying hey if you like this movie go shoot some people you know i've seen a lot more violent movies that don't get safeguarded like that like there's a lot of other movies out there that could probably potentially be worse off than this people just want something to bitch about yeah i don't think you can blame art for how people take it i mean people anybody that's going to do something like that like a mass shooting or whatever mm-hmm Something's going to push them off the edge either way. They're already a little nuts. That'll have to be another topic of, that really just fucking grinds my gears another time is okay. people who take art the wrong way. We're going to have to do that in another episode. Okay. Uh, yeah. One last thing on the Joker. They have announced it will not be showing at the Aurora Theater where the other shooting happened where the guy mm-hmm. claimed to be the Joker. I, I get that. I get that one. That, that would definitely be a sore point, and I, I think that's a wise decision. I don't think history would repeat itself, but you got to be sensitive in those cases. Yeah. Moving on to our next topic, I thought we could discuss memories in life that we wish we could go back and relive. Not in a, hey, I'm going to go back in time and change this, fix a mistake, just special moments that you wish you could just re-experience for the very first time. You got one? I do. But I do have a warning for one of mine. It is a little sad. Okay, that's fine. So my first one is not the sad one, but it's kindergarten grandparents day because, well, I guess it is a little sad because that was the last grandparents day that I got with my grandpa. So oh, that's sad. a little bit, but eh. but it was like one of those memories that I don't have a lot of memories of and it's just pictures, but like I vaguely remember them being able to come in and- I, grandparents are a great thing. Yeah. My first one is actually not something I remember. It's something I wish I remembered. And it is seeing snow for the first time. Oh, that would be, that's a good one. I mean, living in the Midwest, you're guaranteed snow at least some point every year. And I love snow and it's magical. As an adult, it's a serious pain in the ass. Yeah. (laughs) Because you got to get to work. 
But I remember being in college and seeing students that came from other states and the first snowfall, they would just lose their minds because obviously they're old enough to know what snow is, but they literally never seen snow. That's my brother's girlfriend. She lived in Florida her whole life and has never seen snow. Yeah, I wish I could experience that for the first time again because I just don't remember what it was like to see snow falling for the first time and be like, hey, what's this? Yeah. I think that would be magical. That would be. My next one is to relive my very first concert. So since I was 15, I've been to at least 30 concerts. And my very first concert was called the Bamboozle Roadshow. And it played at Six Flags. And just being there to experience my first summer concert, it was an all-day, several bands. It was really cool. And then the next year, I got to go to my first Warp Tour. And that was amazing such an amazing experience and it sucks that Warped Tour has disbanded but going to my first one of each of those and Bamboozle isn't a thing anymore either but like going to each of those for the first time was is what got me into continuously going to concerts and I try to go to at least two or three a year that's cool my next one it's funny you mentioned Six Flags because I wish I could experience Six Flags for the first time See, I'd have to disagree with you because I, I don't like rides. <laughs> well, okay, that is its own issue. I, <laughs> I loved rides as a kid. As I've gotten older, I get motion sickness. Yes, that is my problem. Like, in theory, I love the thrill of mm-hmm. going on roller coasters and stuff. I just, it makes me sick. So I've actually never been on a roller coaster. Hmm. And like, I can't do any that's got any like loop-de-loop. So like, you know, like the Evil Knievel or it's uh, renamed now. Yeah, is one that's been built in the last 10 years or so maybe it's been about 15 years but it's just like an up and down and around but there's no like loops i cannot do loops yeah six flags i remember going there a lot as a kid i don't think i've been since i was in high school but i have such great snippets of memories and one i remember i'm not even sure if this is my first time at six flags or it was like one of the first few when I was real little, the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie had just come out. Mm-hmm. So they had a Robin Hood stunt show. Ooh. Yeah, and I was so into Robin Hood at the time. I still am. That movie, I, it's, it's a special place in my I don't mind. think I've ever seen it. I have a weird love for that movie. I have it on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray director's cut. <laughs> no, no, no. It, and. Oh. I have a tote of action figures from that movie in their package. That's awesome. But yeah, if I could go back and just relive the magic of seeing Six Flags for the first time as a kid, because you're you're smaller and everything is bigger and it's new and you don't care so much about the lines because you're just so wrapped up in the excitement. I wish I could have that moment again. That would be cool. Neither of my parents were into like roller coasters and stuff. So I've only been to Six Flags twice my entire life. And neither of the times I rode it. I guess you could call one of the rides. It was the Tony Hawk spin or whatever it is. Okay. It was a ride that was only there for a couple years. And I hated it. And I wanted off of it as soon as I got onto it. I don't know why. I let my friends convince me to get on there. <laughs> and I regretted it. But I've really never rode a ride besides like carnival rides, I guess. But mm-hmm. those are nothing. Yeah. All right. So here's my sad one. And I don't want to stay on it too long. But okay. my last Christmas with my parents together. That is sad. I get it though. Yeah. 
I've been there. I also have divorced parents. So yeah, I get that one. Before I get to my last one, I want to throw in an honorable mention. And that is Red Dead Redemption. Not the newest one. Not Red Dead Redemption 2, but... The last one. Red Dead Redemption for like PlayStation 3. Yeah. There's a moment in that game where the borders in the game open up and you're allowed to finally go to Mexico. And it plays this like sad lonesome song as your character is just riding through the country of Mexico and it's very cinematic and amazing people who have played the game you know exactly what moment I'm talking about it's just a very special moment in the game I wish I could have that moment again that is a pretty good one and like the Red Dead uh, universe like all other games are so well done yeah I'm gonna see if I can find that clip and put it in our show notes so people can see what I'm talking about because it's just perfect. Like It's a game transcending just being a video game and turning into art. See, I think at that point, it's also kind of special because you played the game to get to that point. Yeah. Why don't we go with your last one? The day we brought Scotty home. Aw. So we got my dog at eight weeks old from my boyfriend's aunt, the... The accidental on purpose puppies. (laughs) And she's an amazing dog. She really is. And bringing her home the first day and her just being a part of our lives for the last, uh, she's two, almost two and a half now. So bringing her home and having her here. And I just miss my puppy being a little puppy. And now she's got a big head (laughs) and she's thick with 80 C's. She's bigger, but she's still cute. She's got this sad puppy dog look on her face all the time. It's a little endearing. So the look that he's talking about is like she gives this look like she did something absolutely terrible, but you don't know what yet. Even if there isn't anything, she's just like giving you this look of just like, I'm sorry, mom. Yeah, with a slight hint of confusion as if she doesn't know what she did wrong. <laughs> and I don't get it. Yeah, she's a pretty puppy. I love seeing her when I come over. Uh, My last one. This memory was the inspiration for this entire segment because it is so ridiculous. Uh, Is this something that involved me? No. Okay, because I was thinking that it had to do with me puddling that first time at work. (laughs) No, but we will explain that real quick. If Emily... Has this habit of like her joints just give out and she just collapses into a puddle on the ground. So at work, we were rounding the corner going up to one of the front desks and it was me and Dan and a couple other people that don't work there anymore. And we're all talking and before I even knew it, my knee and my ankle both gave out and I hit the ground and I... It was like one of those, I was laughing so hard, I was crying, and our friend April was laughing, because she was the one behind me. Yeah, I didn't realize what happened at first, I just turned around, like, Emily disappeared. Because I was behind you, and you had walked around to the uh, counter to the computer, and I hit the ground before the counter, and you just turned around, because you were going to say something to me. Yeah, you just disappeared, I looked down, like, what are you doing down there? (laughs) I don't even know how I got here. No, um, no, this one is actually an experience in a movie theater that was just so surreal (laughs) and magical. I do know what you're talking about now. I I wish I had it 
on film to relive every single day of my life. <laughs> and, and this experience was when I went to go see Live Free or Die Hard, the fourth film in that franchise. And it's an okay movie. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's fun. But the way I saw it, it was in a theater almost by myself because it was the same weekend that the first Transformers came out. So everybody's going to that theater. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had this theater almost to myself until two other people came in and sat directly behind me. <laughs> and Die Hard 4 became the greatest comedy of all time <laughs> because the movie starts and these two people are talking to each other, one more than the other. And normally this would piss me off because I cannot stand people who talk in the movie theater, but I very quickly catch on to what's happening. One of these people is visually impaired. And even though I think the technology is out there for them to have like descriptive audio, for whatever reason where this theater didn't have it, I don't know. They brought a friend to describe Die Hard 4 to them as they watched it. And it's a very strange movie to have narrated to you as you're watching it. It's an action movie, so it's over the top at times. But you just roll with it because it's one of those movies. It becomes something completely different when you're hearing somebody describe how ridiculous it is while you're watching it. I just wish I could experience that as well. So this is kind of how this experience goes. You know, sitting there watching the movie. It starts off slow like any action movie. They got to set up all the beats, all the moving parts. And then you get to the first real action sequence. Blind guy's like, okay, what's what's going on now? I hear some gunfire. What, what was that little explosion? Oh, okay. So what happened was John McClane just ripped a fire extinguisher off a wall and used it to shoot a guy out of a window. <laughs> guy's like, okay, that's the John McClane I remember from the older movies. Yeah, that's what I came to this movie for. So it also makes me wonder at that point if the guy had vision at one point. Yeah, I wondered this too because the whole thing was weird. Of And this isn't in any way knocking blind people. It just seemed odd to go to an action-oriented movie less heavy on dialogue when you can't see it. Then the movie, it goes on and it's an action movie. So it's always upping the ante. Until mm -hmm. eventually there's another action sequence. It's a little over the top, whatever. And then I hear it described to me what's <laughs> going on again. Because <laughs> poor guy can't see what's going on. What, what's happening, bud? Um, yeah, so there's this helicopter trying to kill him. And he's in a tunnel, but he's in a police car. And, oh, he just ramped the police car out of the end of the tunnel and killed the helicopter with the police car, and he, like, fell out of the police car to safety, but then there was this huge explosion, and the helicopter was just gone. I feel like I need to see this movie with this guy describing it for me. You haven't lived until you've had Die Hard 4 described to you as if you're blind. Also, the fact that... Okay, so about how many people do you think were in the theater? It was just us three. Okay, the fact that they came and sat directly behind you is the weirdest part. Yeah, I'm glad they did, though. Yeah, so he describes this cop car ramping out of the tunnel, taking out the helicopter in an explosion, and then the bad guy, you know, parkours out of the helicopter to safety. And, you know, I get to hear this described. <laughs> and the, the poor blind guy's like, uh, okay, I mean, it's a little over the top, but, I mean, it's a diehard movie. Yeah, I'll just, just go with it. He said that. Roughly. I, something along those lines of like, as this movie's going on, it's becoming more and more ridiculous. So every time there's an action sequence, this poor guy's a little more incredulous. So finally you get to the climax of the movie and John McClane 
is in a big rig truck. Okay. And he's chasing the bad guys. So this is what I get to hear described to this poor blind guy. <laughs> he's like, okay, man, what's going on? All right. So John McClane's in this big rig truck and he's chasing the bad guys because they got his daughter and they hacked into the military's computer systems and they've redirected a jet to intercept and kill John McClane. And okay, now the jet's on scene and it's firing missiles at him. And he's in a big rig truck dodging these missiles because, you know, that's the most maneuverable vehicle you've ever seen is a big rig truck. Yeah, so the bad guys have kind of split off because he's distracted by this jet and he goes up on this overpass and now it's shooting out the overpass from underneath him. Oh, the truck's going to collapse to the ground and John McClane's going to fall to his death. Oh, no, wait a minute. He jumped out of the truck and he's landed on the jet and... I guess he's going to fist fight the jet. <laughs> he said it as a question. Yeah. The guy's like, dude, you promised me you were going to take this serious. I'm not going to keep going to the movies with you if you're not going to like actually tell me what's going on in the movie. <laughs> His poor friend's like. So is this what actually happened in the movie? Yes, this is what did happened. He, did he fist fight a jet? <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> I need to see these movies. So his friend's like, no, seriously, dude, he's like on the wing of this jet with no other weapons. Like basically all he has is his bare hands to fight this jet. And, you know, the blind guy is just like, dude, you got to stop lying. Tell me what's going on in the movie. Wait, what was that explosion? Um, So I guess he won the fight. <laughs> 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 that plane blew up pretty good. Jeez. Oh, the movie like wraps up after that, but like I said, you haven't truly lived until you've heard a movie that ridiculous where a guy ends up fist fighting a jet described to a black guy who's just trusting someone to not be lying to him about what's going on in this movie. The crazy thing about those movies is they start out, he's just a like down-to-earth cop who like bleeds. And by this movie, he's still bleeding a lot, but he's falling from great heights and fist-fighting jets and not dying ever. So basically, he turned into the Die Hard franchise Terminator. Basically, yeah. Like, in fact, that chase where he's just running them down in this big rig truck, like, it could be a scene out of a Terminator movie. Maybe Bruce Willis is the Terminator. I'm starting to wonder if it's not the same character from the Unbreakable movies. He just relocated, went to witness protection. Haven't seen those either. His superpower in those movies is he's unbreakable. Like, he can't be hurt. So, it's kind of like in Wolverine, where they take him to, like, that secret government facility and turn him, like, just fill his bio with adamantium. Might as well be. But yeah, that is the greatest moment in my life that I wish I could relive over and over and over again is hearing Die Hard 4 described to a blind person as I watch it. I wish I could have experienced that as well. Everyone should. Moving on, we think it would be a great idea to go to our website, Cora. And get some topics to discuss. For anybody that didn't hear the earlier episode where we were discussing Quora, it's just a question and answer site. You go on, post a question, can be anonymous if you want, get some, sometimes great, sometimes not so great answers. I went through and found some questions of people just asking for different types of advice. 
most of them serious, at least one funny. And I thought we'd go through and see if we could do our best to give people some good advice. What do you think? All right. Let's do it. Okay. This one is definitely a question for you to answer, but I'm interested in your answer. What is the best advice you can give to a 17-year-old girl? I got to think on that one for a second. It's just any kind of advice? Yeah. You know, if you had to pick one piece of advice to give to a 17-year-old girl, what would it be? Part of it is don't grow up too fast. You're 17. You have your whole life in front of you. Do things in your youth that are fun and you want to do, but don't jump to something serious too fast. You have your entire 20s to figure out what you want to do, and that's one of the hardest things. And it's really for any either gender or any genders out there. You have your whole life ahead of you. Don't fall in love too early. That is one thing I made a mistake in. Not in my relationship now, because Mikey and I have been together since I was 17, but there was a kid I dated very early, and I was in love, and that ended really messy. And so I guess that's really what I could say is don't fall in love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Don't grow up too fast. That's a good one. I think if I had to give just advice to any late teens, it would be if you're planning on going to college, which most people do at least to some degree these days, the most important lessons you will learn at college are not going to be in the classroom. Live your life, experience new things, experience dealing with people you may not always agree with, but they can expand your horizons by exposing you to new ideas. Yes, college is a great way to like be open-minded. Yeah. Especially in this day and age, open-mindedness, it needs to be looked upon more. And the experiences that you have, if you go to a college, whether it's two-year, four-year, try and make those the best years that you can. And also on the college thing, you don't have to go to a four-year university. No. You don't have to go to college. Vocational schools are so needed right now. Mm-hmm. It's coming from me. I went to a community college and it was the best decision I ever made. I don't have a four-year degree. I have my two-year associate's degree and I've never been happier. Definitely. If you're going to college, have discussions with people that have different opinions from you. You You can learn from other people and they can learn from you. Just have civil discussions. That's all I got to say. Next one. Why does my boyfriend always want to see me upset and stresses me out by trashing the stuff I love like my bike? First off, he's not your boyfriend, he's a dick. Also, how old are you? Not everybody has a car, and you could live in the city if you have a bike, but why is he trashing your bike? And Dan's right, like, he's not your boyfriend. Get out now, because trashing your bike could lead to something serious later on. If he's not enriching your life and he's just causing you more pain then yeah just find someone better there's more guys out there that will treat you so much better better. that one was a simple one to answer but you know i thought somebody might need to hear that my friend ignored me for three hours straight while i was having a crisis but i saw she was online for at least an hour am i wrong for being mad yes and no sometimes People don't know how to handle certain situations, and sometimes it's better for them not to give their opinion if it's just going to make you feel worse. I mean, that's just my opinion. And yes, it would be helpful for somebody to talk to, and maybe, um, maybe send like a text saying, "Hey, I just need to rant. You don't need to reply, but I just need to get something out." But if they're 
Like, I've seen this before, and, like, not everybody is equipped to handle certain situations. And you also got to keep in mind, you don't know what they're going through. For or all you, what they're doing, yeah, either. Yeah, for all you know, they're not in a place where they can stop and talk to you, or they're having their own crisis. Or, for all you know, there's another friend that's already having a crisis that they're talking to. Be understanding of you don't know what other people's realities are. You only know what yours is. Yeah. So, like, I can understand why they're upset because their friend isn't replying. But maybe th- maybe they'll come back and talk to you eventually. But, like, what Dan says is they might have something going on, too. Yeah. And if you want to reach someone right away, give them a phone call. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been times... Not even over anything serious, but like you and I have been, one has texted the other and the other one just hasn't replied for hours. And like, I'll get a response from you. Sorry, I didn't see this earlier. It's like, well. <laughs> that text I sent you at 1 a.m. last night. Oh, I'm so sorry I didn't reply to you. It's okay. Like, I, I don't expect people to be that attached to their phones to give me an instant reply. Like, I'm, if I want to get a hold of somebody immediately, which is rare because I don't have that many emergencies. I'll call somebody. Otherwise, get back to me when you can. And, you know, there's been times when, like, you know, I've been going through emotional stuff and I've texted you. Often, I don't need anything back. You know, replies are good, but it's more about getting Getting it out. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to get things off your chest. And I have gone through that, too, with, like, some of my girlfriends and thinking, I don't want to be a burden on them, by putting out my feelings, but I have to get something out. If I can't talk to Mikey about it, then I need to get it out somehow. Uh, staying with kind of emotional stuff. This one's interesting and I have opinions on it. I think I have feelings for my best friend's boyfriend. Oh. What should I do? Don't. I'll be more specific on that. That was a little curt. <laughs> yeah. The heart wants what the heart wants. You shouldn't feel guilty for having feelings. It's what you do with those feelings. You can't act on that. I mean, if you're a good person, you can't. Yeah. uh, I think in this specific scenario, what you have to think about is, okay, maybe the fact that you have these feelings and you're seeing your friend's boyfriend, I'm presuming often, that might hurt, like the pain of not being able to have that. Mm -hmm. But you also got to consider, do you have the right to pursue your own happiness if it means sacrificing someone else's. If this person is truly your friend, you want them to be happy. And if they're happy with their boyfriend, you shouldn't fuck that up. (laughs) Yeah. And for all you know, that boyfriend is happy with his girlfriend and you shouldn't fuck that up. If you say anything, there's no guarantee that you end up happy with that guy. It's you could ruin your friendship and you could not end up with that guy and you could ruin their relationship. So now three people are unhappy. Yeah. Sometimes like you just got to you know, deal with those things and do your best to ignore them and move on. If it's that big of an issue, if you can't, I think you owe it to your friend if you really care about them to- Tell them. Well, I wouldn't even- if, if you can't control it, I think it's better to walk away than to hurt your friend. Yeah. I mean, if you really care about them, then you should you know step away from the friendship rather than- cause them pain sitting here thinking about it a little bit too is like do you have feelings for them or do you have feelings of you want that they might have like this great relationship and you're emotionally invested so much like this is what i want true because that's like i'm kind of seeing is like she likes this guy or he i don't know if it was a girl or a boy but they 
like this guy because they like the way they see their friend treated. Maybe. That's true. And if you're jealous of someone's relationship like that, you do always have to keep in mind, you don't know the full reality of that relationship unless you're in it. Mm -hmm. And that goes the other way too. Like if you don't think your friend's significant other is always like the best to them, maybe raise some concerns if, if you think they're truly being hurt. But you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Like, you don't know, like, how they are with just each other. Like, sometimes you just gotta mind your own business. Yeah. Here's, this one's just ridiculous. Okay. My friend refuses to pay me back the 50 cents I lent him. Would it be appropriate to take legal action? Okay. So, side note on this, because this actually happened in reality with a couple people that I know. Um, she borrowed, a, one of my really good friends borrowed 50 cents to get a snack at work. And so, now it's at the point where this dude is mostly joking about like, so am I going to get my, well, it wasn't 50 cents, a quarter. So, we got a little snack box at work. And he goes, so when am I going to get my quarter back? And she's like, you're never seeing that quarter again because she works at another place now. And she's like, yeah, he's not seeing that quarter. And it's just a quarter. Yeah, you do not lend someone 50 cents. You give them 50 cents. It's pocket change. Like, you could probably find 50 cents on the street, dude. Yeah, that one just got me. Like, <sighs> It doesn't even sound like you're this, like, are you guys even friends? Yeah, how good of a friend could you be if you're stressing over getting back 50 cents from them? What issues do you have? Like, it sounds like your issues are a lot bigger if you can't just handle not getting 50 fucking cents. And that actually is a great segue into the next question. Would you ever give money to a very good friend in trouble without asking him to pay you back? Depends on how much. And I hate to say that, but like, if I have a friend that's in trouble, I would do as much as I can to help them. But it also depends on my financial situation, too. I could give a little here and there, but I can't give uh, a significantly large amount. Yeah, I would. I think I have a reputation as with perfect strangers, I'm not particularly caring or generous. No, I would have never guessed. But I like to think I'm generous with my friends. The people that are like in my closest circle, I try to take care of them and do whatever I can to help them out. Um Hey, Dan, can I have $5,000? I do not have $5,000. <laughs> See? But <laughs> my philosophy on that is if some of my closest friends, including you, were in desperate situation and came and asked me for even a couple hundred bucks, I would give whatever I could. I mean- See, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, like I said, it has to depend on if I have it to give to you. And I wouldn't want to have that discussion of when are you going to pay me back? I would not give that money unless I could afford to give it freely and not worry about being paid back because I don't want to lose a friend over money and yeah. asking them and hounding them for money. Yeah, I would give as much as I could. If I had $200 to give, I would trust them to you know, do the right thing and pay me back at some point, but I wouldn't demand it of them. Yeah. And I figure if they're coming to me for money, not that you know I want my friends to feel like they can't come to me for money, but I'm going to assume I'm not the first person they've gone to. Like They've gone to family or other people first. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So they must really need it if they're coming to me for it. So I'm going to do whatever I can. Yeah, I want to help my friends as much as I possibly can. And if there's other things I can also help with, I will try to do. And I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, pay me back. Like, I want to say, like, pay me back when you can. But, like, I don't want it to take years to get it back. But, like, I also want them to get their shit straightened out first. Yeah, you don't want somebody to have to immediately pay you back with their next paycheck and then they're really scraping by for a while. Even if it's like 20 bucks at a time, like just when you can financially yourself give it back, that's fine. I don't want to cause anybody any undue stress or unhappiness by just demanding them to pay me back. When I was in college, you know, I had these friends, we'd go out to lunch or dinner and at that time I had more money than they did. So often, you know, I'd pick up the tab you know it wasn't that a huge deal sometimes they'd pay me back sometimes not i never asked for it i was just like you know what we're friends to me it's worth more to me to spend this time and have this good time with you than it is to keep that money in my pocket yeah the thing is i've actually been in this kind of situation but flipped and like i don't want to like go too much into it but i have borrowed money and i have been demanded to pay it back fast to somebody very close to me and it made me stress because I couldn't pay her back in the timely manner she wanted. And then that caused some arguments and fallout and regain and it's hard. Yeah, you shouldn't let money come between friends. If you can't give the money without it becoming a problem, then you're better off not doing it and your friend shouldn't hate you for not doing so. Yeah, so... Moving on to our next segment, we're going to talk about some really dumb state laws in the United States. Yeah, I'm excited. So my first one is Nevada. X-rays to determine shoe size can get you arrested. And this is the state where prostitution is legal. The only state where prostitution is legal. Which and that's ex- its own separate thing. <laughs> And x-rays can get you arrested of people's feet. That's One, a- are they selling it to wiki feet? Two, the rest of it is because of radiation and the cause radiation from x-rays can cause to people. Okay. So using x-rays unlawfully can get you un- arrested. And I feel like you really don't need an x-ray to properly... You said this was for shoes? Yes, to determine shoe size. Like, there's so many different ways you can scan a foot that doesn't require. I just want to know, like, are people breaking into people's houses and just x-raying their feet while they're sleeping? (laughs) Portable x-ray machine. (laughs) They they put that lead vest over them first. (laughs) Shh. Sleep tight. I'm going to tuck you in with the lead blanket. Tuck you in. It's just a weighted blanket. Man, I've got the weirdest sleep paralysis these days. I hear about these people waking up, see this old hag, but I see these people with like an x-ray machine and they're only focused on my foot. My first one, this is what I immediately thought of when you suggested stupid laws. New Jersey is the only state in the country now where you can't pump your own gas. Legally, a, a gas station attendant has to come and pump your gas for you. I think California does that too. No, up until recently, Oregon did it, and 
they've passed a law where there's certain circumstances now where people can pump their own gas. I think largely you're still not supposed to, but in like rural counties where it's late at night and they don't want people running out of gas, you can do it. But New Jersey is just flat out. It's too dangerous. You can't pump your own gas. And that's what blows my mind because where we're from, like everybody, no matter age, gender, whatever, you learn to pump your own gas. And so that's like really hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. I was on a road trip a few years ago and encountered a lady who needed me to help her pump her gas because she couldn't figure it out. And that she, blows my mind. And she was a good 20, 30 years older than me. Ooh. Like, how do you not know how to pump gas? I remember when the Oregon law allowing people to do some of their own pumping went into effect. There was a lot of people up in arms in Oregon of like, this is dangerous. I, I don't know. I'm going to do this. I don't want to go to work smelling like gasoline. The dumbest shit ever. How often do you spill gasoline on yourself pumping gas to the effect that you have to worry about smelling like gas? Oh, it's like those white people infomercials because white people are just really fucking stupid apparently. (laughs) And that's coming from a white female. I know what infomercials you're talking about. Like (laughs) The popcorn one and he just throws it behind him through the glass door. Just complete idiots and klutzes. Just, oh, yeah. We do. So I'm imagining in my head, they're like taking the nozzle out and they're just like, oh, <laughs> juggling the hand, they like, grab it and just, yeah, <laughs> just going everywhere. Yeah, that kills me that people were that worried about what they would do. Did these people never travel to another state where they would have to pump their own gas? How do you live your entire life without leaving state at all? Newsflash you take the plug out of your car if it has one, because some of the newer ones don't you put the nozzle part in after you select your gas you pull the trigger and it magically goes into your car people you get better gas mileage if you smoke while you're pumping though (laughs) not true don't do it don't do it don't do it I want to just leave that hanging but I don't want somebody to. I do know people who are a like they, if they see the tanker at a gas station, they need gas and they need it bad. Yet they'll nope it and move on to wherever they're going next because, I mean, it is dangerous. Like you shouldn't be pumping your gas when a tanker is filling up the caverns because, like, they can explode. So, like, I do understand that fear, but like, you're running on E and you're noping that gas station. Yeah. <laughs> at least maybe just sit there until they're done. Yeah. What's your next one? New Hampshire. As of 1973, it is illegal to carry or collect seaweed at night. Okay. (laughs) Breaking most of the general provisions about fish and game will land you a violation. Uh, Seaweed is used as fertilizer and feed. Good source of alginate. Ew. Oh, it's it's a thicker texture than jello. I thought it was saying that they use it in jello. Be some nasty jello. Yeah, so don't carry seaweed at night. Okay, that's good to know. How about this one? Kentucky, their state constitution requires state officials and lawyers in the state to swear that they've never been in a duel. <laughs> but it gets better. Oh. And in 1998, they passed a law expanding that to make it a requirement for first responders as well. What? I get the fact that it's in the Constitution because it's such an old Constitution and like they were worried about, you know, people dueling and killing each other. 
like that. It seems like something you would repeal eventually, but to expand it in recent years when nobody's dueling. Do you know what I... Okay, so when I think of dueling, I think of not only Romeo and Juliet, but like Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, and just... (laughs) The gunfight on the beach. Do you bite your thumb at the... I enjoy that movie. That is a good one. That movie's crazy. Like, I think at one point somebody's like, let me grab my saber. And then it like does a close up of a gun with the word saber just inscribed on the side of it. But the fact that it is done word for word Shakespearean style in modern times is just magnificent. I have that. I need to rewatch it sometime soon. But yeah, I just love that. I would like to see somebody getting sworn in. Just hold up their hand. Be like, oh, uh, excuse me, does this include banjos? <laughs> or what if somebody has been a competitive fencer? Does that count? Is it only to the death? That is a good question. That's such a strange law. My next one comes from California. A frog that dies in a frog jumping contest cannot be eaten. Okay. <laughs> I would argue that a frog should not be eaten under any circumstances. Yeah, I don't understand frog legs. Yeah, I've had them. They're not that great. I've never had them, but there was one place, I think, down by um, the river. Yeah, I know where you're talking about. That's where I've had them. My dad loved them. Yeah, I just don't get it. Is that all you have to say on that one? Yeah. Okay, this one. Is also in Kentucky. Oh, God, Kentucky. So I didn't even know this was a thing, but apparently you can buy baby chicks and ducks around Easter that have been dyed a different color. Yeah, it's really weird. When I was reading it, apparently like they inject it into like the still incubating egg or something. Whoa. Or sometimes they just rub it on after they're born. It's weird and just sounds cruel anyway. Yes, very. But in Kentucky, you can't do this unless you do it to sell in Quantities of six or more because it's animal cruelty, but animal cruelty is always better in bulk quantities. I don't understand. It doesn't that. make any sense. If it's illegal, then why is there. You shouldn't be doing this to these baby chicks unless you're doing it to a lot of them at one time. I wonder if Trump has considered that as a justification for like the treatment of children at the border. Guys, you don't understand. I'm doing it to six or more at a time, it's not cruel anymore. With the hands. Yes. <laughs> this 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 hand specifically. <laughs> yeah, I'm not just doing it to one kid. I, I'm doing it to crowds of kids. And let me tell you, these crowds are huge. Huge. <laughs> hey, this has nothing to do with that, but oh. I get so annoyed every time I hear him say China. I just I've never understood. Like, is he deliberately saying it weird? No, it's or is just that he, just how he says I think it? that's just how he says it. But like I cannot stand listening to him anyways, just yes, because I can't. And even if it's because like, politically I'm middle of the road. Like I, I can go either way on different issues. So there's times when theoretically I agree with what he's saying, but I cannot listen to him talk because he sounds so unintelligent. <laughs> so what is your next one? Idaho. This is a good one. Cannibalism is prohibited and punishable up to 14 years in prison, but it's okay to willingly ingest the flesh and blood of a human in a life or death situation for survival. One, what kind of life or death situation are you getting in in Idaho? I would imagine that goes back to like settler days. I don't. I think this is recent though. Okay. 
I mean, I can still see a scenario. Have you ever seen the movie Alive? Is that the... Rugby team in the mountains? I know what you're talking about, but no, I have not seen that. True story of just this rugby team. Their plane crashed and they survived by eating their dead. It's fascinating story of survival and like also heartbreaking if like you read into it. You had to eat your friend. Well, not only that, but they made a pact of they will not talk about which ones because it's not like they ingested every single one of their friends, but just as a group, they won't talk about we ate this person because wanted that person's family doesn't want to hear about that. But also, that would be traumatic. You would never. They're psychologically just fucked up for the rest of their life because of that. But like, I also want to know what life and death situations are you getting into in Idaho? I don't know. I've never been to Idaho. There might be some really populated areas. I guess. I actually think I saw a article about that when I was looking for these stupid laws. And if I remember right, that's the only state where it's actually in the books that you can't cannibalize anybody. It's just understood in other places. <sighs> yeah, that at least that's what I saw online. I was like, that can't be true. But they claim it was. God. My next one is actually a local law for Columbus, Georgia. Okay. It's illegal to fly a gas-powered model plane in city limits, except for two places. One, you can do it on your own private property or other private property where it's been authorized by that owner. Two, on county property adjacent to the county morgue. What? (laughs) Yes, that's in the law. Okay, you can't fly these model airplanes with their gas-powered engines unless you're on your own private property or you can do it next to the morgue. I want to know how that law got made. I was trying to find this morgue on Google Maps. Maybe there's a park next door or something, and that was their easiest way of describing it because they weren't sure if the name of the park would change, but it's really weird and got me thinking of... Imagine the medical examiners are just trying to perform an autopsy. (laughs) Yeah, they're just constantly getting buzzed. Building shakes. Yeah, every time... That he's going to make that Y incision in the person's chest, and just crack open the chest. Mm. They just get buzzed. He's just like, God damn, kids. <laughs> God damn, there's another one messed up. Is it like Top Gun where they want to buzz the tower? So they call the morgue permission to buzz the tower. Uh, sorry, Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. And then they do it anyway. God. I just thought that was such a ridiculous. Ridiculous thing to put that, in the law. That one is really weird, and I like. It's just random. Yeah, like to the specifics that it's to that place only. Yeah, that's weird. So my last two are Illinois. Oh. In West Virginia. So Illinois is urban legend says it's a crime to possess more than $600 in salamanders, which is roughly 75 or more salamanders. <laughs> Reality. It's illegal to have aquatic life over $600 if captured or killed in violation to the law. Okay. But salamanders. That's a weird urban legend. I don't know. Illinois had salamanders. I don't know if I've ever seen one. And my last one, which is probably my favorite. This is from West Virginia. You cannot substitute a hunting dog for a ferret. Anyone who hunts, kills, catches any wild animal or bird with a ferret 
will be fined 100 and no more than $500 and 10 to no more than 100 days in jail. So there's people out there that don't think their hunting dog would be good enough and they want to use a ferret instead. Ferrets aren't even that big. I feel like a ferret wouldn't be that easy to train. No. You just take it out hunting. God damn it, I lost my ferret. (laughs) Just a pack of ferrets on leads. thought this was going to go much differently. Okay. Uh... Is that all we have to say about all the weirdest laws we found from around the country? For this episode. You want to wrap us up? Yeah. Let's get to my favorite part, Urban Dictionary Word of the Day. And in this case, it's Words of the Day. Because are they dirty? One of them is. Man. Actually, they both kind of are. Okay, good. I always love them when they're more dirty. <laughs> Uh, so when I was on there today, I found one and then I was like, I'm just going to scan these other ones. And I found another one that I just loved. The second one you'll really like. Okay. The first one is called Snowdropper. Okay. A person who steals women's underwear off a clothesline and masturbates to them. You saw my eyes go big. Eh? <laughs> I knew exactly where you're going as soon as you said steals. I'm like, oh man, no. Okay. My second one is called Five Dive. Do you just want to take a guess at this one? Anything to do with the number of digits on a hand? No. Okay, then no, I got nothing. The act of a stripper picking up a folded $5 bill off a paying man's face and or forehead with her vagina. Is that even legal? I mean, <laughs> I don't go to strip clubs. In the state of Nevada. <laughs> I don't think at strip clubs that's supposed to be exposed. Somebody is doing some powerful fucking kegels. (laughs) (laughs) You joke about that, but there's people that pick up weird things with that. Well, you know, there's that woman that is in the Guinness Book of World Records because she hung like weights off of her vagina lips. Oh. Yeah. I think that is a good place to uh, awkwardly end the show. That's typically the way we do it. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week. As always, we appreciate any subscriptions, ratings, and reviews. Right now, we would really appreciate it if you'd share the show with your friends, help our audience grow a little more. Yeah, yeah. Do it, do it, do it. (laughs) And for any other updates for our show, you can visit us at Mike Jiggers Podcast on Facebook or follow the link in our show notes. And always be sure to say hi, leave comments, always tell us what you want to hear. And we're always up for suggestions of things that we should talk about. And that's going to be all for today. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.